PD Raw is a podcast sharing the experiences and insights of people with personality disorders or traits by being brave and talking about the things that are shameful and painful. Humans demystify and destigmatize the things that we hide. The aim of this podcast is to let others know that they are not alone. By showing the reality behind our walls, we hope to bring people closer together, connecting in a more open and authentic way. Please be aware that, due to its topic, this podcast is adults only, not safe for work, and may contain triggering content. But that requires you to be in circumstances that allow you to affect that. Yeah. And so there's a power that comes from being able to have that longer term view. And particularly when we get to be adults, we're like, well, I want to be able to have the money to do things. I want to be able to have a family. I want to be able to sustain myself. I'd like to be able to give myself more opportunities. You can only... Well, I think you can best <laughs> do that if you have this longer term view of things. People who have shorter term views, like, you know, maybe they do things that are kind of scammy or they do things that are get rich quick schemes or they do things that kind of appeal to like a lowest common denominator that gets a lot of eyeballs on them. So they're kind of always in the conversation. Like, again, there's still skill sets or there's still possibilities that you can affect mm -hmm. with that skill set. But then when you're coming to those same people and you're trying to talk to them about like financial planning and security and making those longer term decisions and having that broader view. And it's just apples and oranges. Like it's yeah. just not even the same sport to try to think that you are on the same page in terms of thinking of the emotions and the history and the sense of self that underlies it. And I don't think it's a matter of that people are wrong, perhaps, with the skill set that we kind of frown upon and maybe we look down upon in terms of being a short-term thinker. It's right. showing somebody or giving them enough reason to trust to say, you can actually let go of that and you will be okay. Like yeah. You don't need that anymore. And there is, again, we'll kind of come back to that petulant child of not wanting to learn and not wanting to seem vulnerable and not wanting to seem weak to other people of you can put down your guard or those defenses and you can learn this other way you can see that it's a real opportunity your mind and emotions can accept it as a something you can actually do and feel good about and then you can go down that path you can't just simply tell it to somebody or you can say the words but somebody has to be able to experience it, internalize it. They have to be able to see it, yeah. to make it real before they can actually incorporate it into their lives. And so I think kind of what we're talking about, about this impulsivity, anxiety, insecurity, short-term thinking approach towards money, and then that larger, deeper, long-term, more expansive view bespeaks the circumstances that you're in and the life that you have led. Mm -hmm. And I mean, optimistically, you would want somebody who's like capable of fucking everything. Like that is actually, I think, what the ideal is of somebody who's able to be contextually responsive to circumstances. Like sometimes you want to be fun and spontaneous and impulsive. And then at other times you want to be able to do the other thing and knowing how to discriminate and tell the difference. But 
when people kind of get locked into one side of themselves or another, you'll see them privileging the skill set, the things that they've seen and the things that they feel more comfortable with, and they will Mm -hmm. be avoidant and anxious of the alternative. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, in some way, make them feel safe to be able to go in new directions before they can ever even possibly think about incorporating that into their lives. Yeah. That's, I, I, yeah. All right. So, you know, it took me a minute to catch the thread of what I wanted to say there. And partially because what I wanted to say there was rather large in scope. So I wasn't sure how to land that plane, but here we are. Yeah. What do you you think, Joe? (laughs) I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that for me personally, in terms of, learning that's so because because the relational aspect i think is also you know it's it is part of what allows you to see whether or not there are other possibilities and i've i've definitely let me see here in terms of impulsivity and money and stuff like that just kind of have thought, I mean, I know we weren't necessarily talking about relationships, but in terms of learning how to handle things differently, or even when you talk about having a skill set that is that can be beneficial in certain areas, but when you're talking about a person that's lived in a certain space for a long time and then that becomes like their default, in my case, the cyclical motion in the ways that I've handled money um, has become somewhat of a default for me. There's little moments of taking a, a, a different step, but as far as being on my own, that's the, that's the, that's the cycle that I've been in. However, I actually don't doubt my capability of being able, at least at this point, since I understand a lot of what's happening for myself of being in a relationship or, or not necessarily, maybe not even really a relationship, but just experiencing certain type of relationships that require me to either give up a little bit of control around my cycle, this self-defeating cycle. So now you've got somebody that's like, listen, I'm actually this, and this comes into asking for help, whether it's asking for help or being in a relationship with someone that might be more secure in their way of handling money and so on and so forth, where you now are like, okay, I understand that this is where my impulsivity gets in the way and would like to work through that and having someone who is more secure or has maybe a better uh, long-term outlook on certain things to be like, okay, this is how we can work together. And playing off of each other that way. But I think that in order for that to happen when it comes to being disordered or whatever is you have to actually understand or know what's going on with you first before you can make that step. Otherwise, it just becomes, for me at least, it would probably become another passive way for me not to deal with something. So if I didn't have some sort of understanding around what was happening and were to work with someone or whatever, 
then it would be very easy to pass the buck and be like, well, I can't do it. So you just do this. Mm-hmm. And then I'll find something else that I maybe feel comfortable doing. <laughs> yep. But, you know, I would like to say that for a long time, I thought my impulsivity was spontaneity. And I realized that that's not <laughs> what it was. <laughs> oh, it's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. I, you When you were talking about it being somewhat of a skill that can come in, I guess, you know, kind of come in handy. I think that that actually is representative of, in my opinion, that makes me think of the way that certain things are handled in society as a whole. Like, like we're supposed to be functioning in a certain way all the time. Like that's supposed to be the norm, but Mm, people function so differently. And I, sometimes, sometimes I think that some of this that people experience, even in disordered realms, are not so much disordered as other than um, like outside of like maybe I don't want to use the term misunderstood as in like poor people being misunderstood. I mean, like, actually, there there is a function for some of this stuff, but because it's not largely accepted in certain ways people it it becomes more of a problem because now people feel either you know shamed by shamed about it or like dysfunctional or whatever the case is now don't get me wrong i'm not saying that the behavior especially if it's hurtful is able to be passed over or or that consequences should not be involved i just think that sometimes some of this stuff actually is useful in maybe small doses if you understand what's happening and you can figure out how to in- implement it in a more secure way. But I, I do feel like sometimes some things are viewed as being not so great when that's not always the case. But I could be going on to another <laughs> into another uh rabbit hole realm here and it um, is it is another rabbit hole but i mean so i think the thing that you're touching on there is something that a lot of disordered people quote unquote have as well are an intuition that they have which is that in certain ways some of the mental health and psychiatric apparatus that we have is focused on getting people to a place of being kind of functional members of society Mm -hmm. But that makes a presupposition of what a functional member of society is and that that is even a good in and of itself. And I mean, something that I say a lot is that acting normally in abnormal circumstances is itself an abnormal thing. Mm -hmm. There are some profoundly absurd, irrational, abnormal occurrences Mm -hmm. that happen daily in our societies and kind of globally now. in the interconnection that we have, which is itself its own fucking accident that our goddamn ape brains are (laughs) not really suited to dealing with. I mean, like, you know, you think about like providing for your family and kind of primitive living. And we're now at a point where like, we're hearing about wars like all over the place. So like caring about like something as abstract as governments and like scandals or like different technologies all over the place simultaneously. It's there's a lot of things that kind of happen that are 
were those emotions that people might not have expected operating underneath the realm of what seems sanitized and polite mm-hmm. on the surface level and the things that are taken for granted. Kind of like how we've gone down these rabbit holes of the emotions in terms of talking about finances and money. Mm-hmm. And there are things there that are profoundly just senseless in that people could react towards and say, yeah, no, fuck that. Like, I just, I don't want to participate in that. I don't approve of it. I think that this is absurd. Like, we should change things. And I could go on a long fucking political tirade right now, but I don't think this is the time or place for that or what we want this show to be. But the point there is that there, I think that somebody can have some well founded suspicions of things that they find things that they disagree about in societies. Now you still owe a debt to societies, whether you like it or not, even if your societies are profoundly dysfunctional or fucked up or have traumatized you in terms Mm -hmm. of, well, you know, if you have food to eat and you've had a family structure and you've had things that have allowed you to get to the point where you're at right now to still afford you opportunities, you are standing on an infrastructure that has been created by other people and maintained by other people. And to just completely wash your hands of it is just an immature thing to do. Right. Now, to be fair, if you've just been, if you're really on the lower end of things where you've been traumatized and really fallen through the cracks, or if the some of the absurdities and the irrational and the cruel and vicious in societies has been targeted towards you and you're a recipient of that and you're just sort of like, well, I kind of throw my hands up and I'm not dealing with that fucking thing again. You know, there are people who have justifiable grievances that I think like I wouldn't say to them. Yeah, like (laughs) if it didn't provide for you, you probably owe a little bit less back, but Mm -hmm. Speaking more largely, it's, again, the adult thing isn't to say, I'm either all for it or I'm all against it. The same way as in yourself. The adult thing is integration and seeing both the good and the bad and understanding your place in it and making Mm -hmm. intentional choices that reflect your values and your past and who you want to be in the future and then interact with the dependence that we all have on one another. I mean, the infrastructure that we have that's allowing us to have this conversation right now and just so many other innumerable things that I could think of. I mean, there are ways that I'm making decisions about how I want to live my life right now and hopefully things come together. Maybe not like, you know, super functional or not like, you know, the typical like family with a white picket fence and 2.5 children and Mm -hmm. a you know, functioning like pension account and retirement savings, like all that kind of shit. Like there are a lot of things that I'm not doing, but it's Mm -hmm. also just, I'm not interested in at that point because I see other goods or other things that I'm aiming at and other things that I'm building towards and Mm -hmm. those things I care more about. And I see myself as giving back in certain ways, according to what I'm capable of and according to ways that I'm able to provide. And those are things that I care about. And I feel like I am acting, bringing it right back around with an internal locus of control. Mm -hmm. I am manifesting of reality that I want to participate in, in making choices of what I want to see and taking ownership over it. And I think that there is an end goal or thing that I am aiming towards and that I am appropriately in touch with people around me and what they provide me and what I can offer back. Mm -hmm. And that's 
you know, I navigate that as I go along. And that's, I think, the what I would sort of define as being the closest to being healthy or functional yeah. and ordered. And, you know, there's room for all sorts of things of what that looks like for other people yeah. according to the things that they see in their own agency and what they have to offer. And I have enough respect for other people and their autonomy and their ways of seeing things of what I potentially don't know in their capacities to shape in their agency to let them make other decisions and know that it would take me a fucking long time to understand mm-hmm. why they make those decisions or why they choose to navigate the world the way they do. And I think that's a way of defining things that I think most people can maybe get on board for that there's less shame than even talking about yourself, bringing it back and <laughs> nominally to what we're supposed to be fucking talking about which is parenting (laughs) and body and like yeah like if you can actually just see people as making different decisions and like not everybody kind of maybe has to have like this certain attachment to money or like this plugged in this to society what other people are doing i mean i i think the closest you can get to just being disordered is when you say i want this thing or there's a thing that is like clearly in my interests and if i had the experiences of it i would clearly want it but then i'd make it impossible for myself and i put myself further away from it that's what i think being disordered is is when like not even self-sabotage it's like your own deeply held goals or just experiences that would be so easy for you to have that would change your perspective Mm -hmm. you keep yourself away from and you keep getting further and further away from it And so, yeah, that still leaves open a lot of room for people. And I think maybe that's something that disordered people can reclaim as perhaps a a bit of a power of theirs is this alternative way of seeing societies uh, and their circumstances that other people don't. And that does bring some spontaneity. Not saying bringing impulsiveness because spontaneity is the good one. Um, (laughs) 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 And a little bit more mindful. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I I think we've actually done enough now to cut this here. So now I'm gonna now I'm gonna circle back and tie this all together. People might think, what the fuck does this have to do with parenting? Like, how can you people claim this? Okay. We're now kind of gotten deep into the bedrock of kind of ourselves and talking about money, which I mean, intimately affects your son. Mm -hmm. In order for you to make good financial decisions, you have to understand why you make those decisions. Why you make those decisions has to do with all these other commitments about your internal landscape and feelings. The fact that you've decided to do this exploratory work of trying to follow the rabbit hole of what might be underlying your behavior and decisions so you can potentially make new ones that are better for this dependent in your life. Think of all the things we've touched on and gone towards, you know, maybe tangential, not all of them are super vital, but Mm -hmm. you're showing here a care to actually looking into yourself and going wherever is necessary to try and fix an issue that you have seen has been hurtful or depriving to somebody that you care about. Mm-hmm. That is almost as loving as it gets. Like that is just the ground floor, the bedrock of 
you're the one who is doing things towards your child or the way you choose to live your life and to have them in it is what is going to determine kind of who they grow up to be or what you offer them. And so you're now actually doing the work of being able to make yourself somebody who could potentially have an internal locus of control and make intentional decisions or have different experiences and perspectives that could let you do those different things that would let you show up for those people in your life you would like to. The focus, if you want to be different for other people, isn't actually them. It has to be you because you are the place where all the things that happen in your life occur. Right. So the more you deal with your own shit, then the more you can show up to other people and have a free and unfettered mind. Like, you know, you can clean up your own mind, cleaning up being something we'll come to in another episode, just to uh, <laughs> give y'all a little bit of a teaser or an Easter egg. Oh, God. But, you know, you doing this work on yourself is the thing that has been impeding you for being able to show up for your son mm-hmm. in the way that you wanted to at this point. And who the fuck knows what that looks like? You know, this was a foray, a stab into it. We've given it a shot. We've gone all over the place. But this is an attempt. And there's been a lot of avenues here, kind of things you can act upon. There's been a lot of confirmation, of validation, of going deeper. And so this is a part of doing that loving work of looking at the shameful and the painful and the difficult and also not blaming other people of looking at where the source of your decisions and your actions come from, which is yourself Mm -hmm. and trying to get your fingers around what is actually necessary for you to change. And that is like actually asking people to genuinely change is just a monumental undertaking. I mean, there's reasons why people can do things like psychoanalysis like five times a week or four times a week for years. And that's a valid or legitimate treatment modality. And so, you know, this is kind of intense or, you know, we've been all over the place, but this is what it looks like to do the work of doing that deep dive and to carry it further. You'd be then kind of sorting out some of these things for yourself of, What kind of person do I see myself as being? How do I relate to society and other people? How do I confront my own anxieties, my own fears that have been underlying the reasons that I've made the decisions that I've made? Sorting that out would then allow you to put yourself aside when it came to the people in your life and actually have more of them come in. And that's what I think empathy is. You know, people ask a lot of time, you know, what is empathy? And empathy Uh being feeling other people's feels. And, you know, just gun to my head. Just, (laughs) God, please make it stop. Um, (laughs) Like, if you're actually empathizing, doesn't have anything to fucking do with you. The more empathetic you are, the more you can put your own shit aside and really probe into somebody else's world. Like, this deep dive that we've just done into ourselves and you, empathy is when you're doing that for other people. And you're following their rap polls and their reasons and their history. But you then clearly can't fucking do that if you can't do it for yourself. Or if you have your own shit that's constantly going off that prevents you from seeing other people. Mm -hmm. And so to be more empathetic for other people doesn't actually mean starting with other people. It means starting with you, which is the responsibility and burden 
that every person has in this world, which is to cope with themselves first before they even fucking think of anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I, especially that last part there, that was one thing, one of the, when I was early on in therapy, that was the one thing I had said to my therapist was like, I, I, I'm so tired of having my stuff get in the way of being able to care for other people in different ways or understand other people in different ways. So I do think that the more that you kind of dig in there and understand your mechanisms and understanding like how you operate and it it does, I'm not going to say it makes it easier to make different decisions or to change, if you will. I think that word is a little bit, eh. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, you, oh. you're right to have some suspicions, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't necessarily think it really is has to do with changing. I, I like I said, that word is a little bit iffy for me. I I I prefer I think the word more so like acceptance and understanding, and then being able to communicate or even that. Like when you have the understanding, and even while you're working through it you also understand that it doesn't have to do with anyone else. And so if there's something going on with someone else, you can actually put your shit aside for three seconds to be Mm -hmm. there for that person because you realize that your shit doesn't have anything to do with that person. And they've got stuff going on that they need assistance with, or maybe not even assistance, but just for you to sit and listen or whatever it is that needs to be done at that moment. But when you get it, when you understand a little bit more about your own inner workings and you're like, oh, that's what's happening? Okay, I get it now. Now it doesn't become this all-consuming thing. At least for me, I don't know about other people. I feel like that's how it started to to work out for me. It's like I have more space for other people now. And, and just for all you other people, if you don't work the way Joella does, you're fucking wrong. So like, I'm just going to put that down right here. Wait, like, what? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just like I, I, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Uh, I was holding you up as the exemplar and the leading light to other people. And oh. You're just like, oh dear God. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, and then the other thing you can, I think, when you when you do have the understanding, then you can also, in some ways, understand when you're operating in some of those old or maladaptive behaviors but now it doesn't make doesn't make it so difficult like let's say somebody calls you out on it now and you have the awareness and the understanding and the willingness to like take ownership of it now if somebody calls you out on it because they're holding you accountable or whatever the case is it's not you don't necessarily take it as an attack anymore it may still hurt you may still be like oof, okay goodness but it's much easier to actually have conversation or communication through it if you have the understanding already and you're not trying so desperately to mask or dis- dismiss or avoid, even though avoiding still can be a thing. But, you know, it, it, it's not as difficult or. Yeah. I mean, when you're more understanding and you're more secure you can almost see other people's holding you accountable or you can see the direction they're coming from or they're informing you of a blind spot when you're insecure and you're in an avoidance and a fear 
attack-based mentality, then it's an attack because somebody's trying to force you somewhere that you don't want to go, mm-hmm. somewhere that you're trying to avoid. And that's when it is threatening because you are threatened by that space. Mm-hmm. And so you project the threat of the space that you don't want to go onto the other person who's trying to bring you there. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, these are kind of like basic, like ground floor basic psychological patterns of like moving towards and against and with shame and security and insecurity. Yeah. And just having a greater understanding of things is like, oh, yeah, like, you know, somebody gets you and it's like they're calling you out and it's unpleasant. But uh, actually, in an episode that's coming out, I was talking with MPD April about uh-huh. my partner and how she's a lot more detail and small things oriented than I am and you know kind of fastidious just learning to live with each other moved Mm -hmm. in relatively recently Mm -hmm. and so she's constantly telling me these small things that like I don't give a fuck about right but she really does and yeah and to be honest with her it's like there's a lot of big things that she doesn't give a fuck about a lot of other people would that we bond over and so out of care for her one of the things that I do is I keep a complaint journal of shit that she complains about of like small things that I'm never going to think about again. if she just tells me and it goes in one ear and out the other, but I kind of write down some of the small things of how she prefers things to be kept. And she also like has a lot of good reasons for it. She has a lot mm-hmm. of health conditions and shit like mm-hmm. that, but you know, not even just like complaints, but it's just like, you know, it, it's a complaint <laughs> when she says it, she's not thrilled with something, but it's also just like, this is an expression of, the way she wants to maintain her environment and the work that she puts into it. And she puts in an incredible amount of work and does a lot of very small, nice things for me. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. I just came back from a cousin's birthday party and spending Mm -hmm. the night there. And so I came home and before we podcast, I was looking for my water bottle to fill it up. And I was like, looking home, because like, the fuck is my water bottle? Like, looked all Mm -hmm. around. I like dishwasher. I was like, the fuck this be? do with this shit anywho so i'm just like fuck it i'm just gonna get like a water bottle like from the fridge we bought a couple and like the drain was shut or the water was shut off for a little while uh-huh my water bottle's in the fridge she filled it up and put it there so it would be cold because our tap doesn't run very cold and so it was there ready for me like when i got home oh okay <laughs> and it's just like small things like that of just yeah. like constantly in every direction like things that i don't fucking think of for myself yeah. And it's just like, this is how her world works and it operates. Yeah. And so like, she does a lot of small, nice things for me. And, you know, sometimes it's just like things where I'm like, I don't give a fuck, but it, it doesn't matter. Like there's how I see things. And then there's also like, this is all, this is what is important to her. This is also how she expresses affectionate care. Yeah. There's also things that upset her. Yeah. So part of being empathetic is trying to put myself aside and see things the way that she sees it and the way that she prefers things and also acknowledging that there are things of mine that she puts up with and forgives. Yeah. So to try to put in the proactive effort to pay attention to things in the way that she would ideally like me to, and it's not going to be perfect to be quick, but this is one of those ways of actually doing something concrete and tangible to try and make those changes to meet the other person yeah, that I think people can employ in different ways for themselves in other avenues of their lives. Being willing to be attuned to the other person and put yourself aside and pay attention to the things that are like maybe unpleasant, like the criticisms or things that you would rather not be called out on or whatever yeah. is sometimes the most caring and empathetic thing you can do for people. Yeah, I that's 
Oh, that's that's rabbit hole fodder right there. <laughs> it's beautiful because, because because I've often, especially on this whole like self-awareness and discovery like space, even with like love languages, what I've what I've come to be a little bit more confused about is like if you're my partner and you show love this particular way, that's how you show love then I feel like it's really my duty to understand that and allow you to show love the way that you show it versus not, not the, not because we shouldn't be um, attuned to each other's love languages and like how you receive love. That's not what I mean. I'm not saying disregard that altogether, but I feel like that partnership really kind of comes together when you also have this you're not so focused on well i receive love this way this person keeps doing it this way that's not like that doesn't that stopped making sense to me oh, for a while like mm-hmm. it's if if you uh like if someone's way to show love is to i don't this is going to be very superficial here but let's say bring you a rose every saturday and you're like, yeah, but my 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 love language is this. So why don't they do this? And you're like completely disregarding the fact that this is how they express this to you. I feel like you're missing you're missing a lot of the perhaps joy and fulfillment within that relationship. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, I absolutely do. I say this all the time that a lot of the times for me, you know, people trying to do things kindly towards me or people trying to do things malignantly or, you know, this is something where sometimes people try to find my weaknesses mm-hmm. and try and be like, you know, what are the things that like really fuck them up? Like what are the things that'll really get them going? And it's, it's not, there are very, there's very few things in and of themselves that I find problematic or upsetting. Mm-hmm. There, I think there are things that in and of themselves I find, you know, joyful, like, that's an expression of my identity of the things I kind of move towards and mm-hmm. uh, take pleasure in. But there is also a large component in me of what is the person's intention? What are they yes. trying to express? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the rose thing, like, again, there is something where, you know, like me and my partner, we do work well together because she is more of a man than I am in some ways. And like, you know, she would see me like getting her a rose and she'd just be like, the fuck are you doing? Like, it's just, we've joked around that if we ever got married, she'd throw a bouquet of tools into the crowd and give somebody a concussion. So it's just like, you know, like it goes a little bit both directions of like, you do want to be kind of attuned enough to like your partner to like know what they appreciate and what's significant. But then it's also like there's a process of moving towards each other the things that you're comfortable in expressing and then moving them in the direction that your partner's comfortable with and then moving towards you or just simply being appreciative of the things that you overlap on and that you share. And you mm-hmm. just don't give a fuck about the other things. Or mm-hmm. you know, I identify as being non-monogamous because I find the idea that one person could significantly satisfy all your needs to be fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And for me, my primary partner fulfills a lot of things and allows me to have a life that's kind of stable and fill out some big picture questions for me that is a part Mm -hmm. of how I want to navigate the world. Mm -hmm. But then there are other people who I can 
date or engage with in a more significant romantic pursuit, kind of have mm-hmm. a partner or a secondary partner who I at other times affectionately refer to as a side bitch or side chick. <laughs> and, you know, like she, in that relationship, I can fulfill different needs. I can express yeah. different things. I can be a different side of myself. Mm-hmm. And I would just never even attempt to have those needs met or be those things with my primary partner because it's just not who she is. Like We don't overlap there. We don't mesh well. And same right. thing with this other partner. There are things that I do with my primary partner that I just wouldn't fucking do with them because it just right. doesn't fit. And so I think a lot of communication and understanding. It takes a lot of communication and understanding of yourself as well. And also being willing to set yourself aside and a lack of entitlement of saying that you need to be the thing that I want you to be. Instead, there's acceptance of here are the things that we fruitfully and productively can share and work together with. And so that will be the basis of our relationship. And it's something that can be comfortable and easy. And we still step outside of our comfort zones as a display of empathy and moving towards each other. Mm-hmm. But then for those things that are just like completely different in kind, just like, you know, this is the opposite of this person's personality. And right. just they would not under any circumstances, okay, like I will find a way to find that need met with somebody else or indulge it in another way. Mm-hmm. Or in times of scarcity, just like not indulge it at all. But yeah, like I understand my partner enough to know kind of where the go and no-go zones are. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something where it just makes your own relationships better if you see them more as relating to each other from a place of strength over the things that you share and you're willing to move towards each other for. And then anything that falls outside the scope is just kind of like as many things that you disagree on or that you don't see eye to eye on, you mm-hmm. can just leave us being fucking irrelevant and you don't have to deal with, with each other. You just yes. throw it out the fucking window. Yeah. Because it's just, you know, you're just bringing unnecessary burden. You find other ways of expression or you find other ways of having those needs met. I think the idea that, you know, you have to completely contort yourself and change yourselves entirely or like be everything for one another is very violent. And I mean, it is a source of violence when it comes to entitlement and abusive behaviors and manipulation or unmet expectations and needs that are foisted upon the other partner that they're just unwilling or incapable of being able to satisfy. Yeah. You're giving me a lot to think about (laughs) right now. For sure. Yeah, I mean, let it not be said that Few is not a thoughtful motherfucker almost to his own death and detriment. Again, different skill sets. But yeah, all right. (laughs) Let's stick a fork in this motherfucker because it Sounds is good. long past time for being done. Yeah. And we're going to nominally put this under parenting, but this kind of ended up everywhere. But, you know, I think there's a beauty in that fucking another rabbit hole. But, I mean, everything is reducible to kind of more basic primitive elements. And so you see these things that get labeled as grandiosity, romance, parenting, all the relationships, friendships, and Underneath of it all, when you really start seeing things at a deeper level, you start seeing the building blocks and you see the common shared ground that all those different things come out of. And yeah, it kind of ends up like this. Everything is speaking the same language. You can't talk about one thing without talking about everything. And I think that's a function of 
wisdom and depth that I hope disordered people find interesting to move towards. Like I won't shame them and say that you should or it's an objective good, but I think that's an experience or a perspective that makes you more powerful and more effective. It yeah. makes everything in your life more enriching and shows you new things. It, it's as close to what I would say as being strictly good for you as possible. And that's a project that I'm generally interested in and something that I'm kind of doing through the pod with my own contributions and yeah, you as well. I mean, you certainly held your own on this one, brought up, <laughs> brought along your own insight bag. So, yeah, I definitely am uh, a, what's the word? Noble contender, I guess, when it comes <laughs> to the long conversations and having some sort of insight, that's definitely a space that I feel comfortable in. Yeah, we uh, we played off each other well, and you know we were also talking off air about why you do this and why do you put yourself out there. And <laughs> one of the things I talked about was the making room for the possibility for things you didn't anticipate. And yeah, well, here we fucking. Anywho, all right. <laughs> we promise. We promise, audience. I did say that I keep you hostage. Some of you are in my basement. I will let you free now. This has okay. gone on. Just okay. It, it's getting beyond the pale. It's a little gauche. <laughs> so, yeah, this has been great. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and this was really cool. Yes. And you helped me to articulate a lot of thoughts that I have that I think people would be interested in hearing and sharing and in their own contributions that will also help me deepen at other Absolutely. times. So, you know, I think this is really when you're winning in life, when you're at a point where you can succeed by other people succeeding and mutually engaging in the same goals. I mean, yeah. that's when things are kind of just light and easy and breezy. Yeah. Anyway. I'm grateful to have these conversations with you. I think you you definitely bring a lot of insight and thought provoking content. Is that the word? I don't that, know. That's that's definitely a word and the word. So okay. <laughs> can't can't say it any better than she did. All right, let's all right get out of this now overly drawn out outro. Okay. Thanks for <laughs> coming. Thanks for coming to the pod, Joella. I think that we've got more in the parenting niche and apparently every fucking thing else while we're doing so yeah and uh if people enjoy it we'll be back around for more okay so, you have a good rest Thanks of the day for having me you too absolutely take care everybody all right